0: Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is Bible bullets. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. My name is Pastor Amanda Llewellyn and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon.
1: And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so we have talked about using Bible bullets in the past, but we've never actually talked about them as their own subject. That's what we're going to do today.
0: And that's pretty amazing given just how long we've been doing this podcast. Exactly. And then I think we toss out this term quite a bit. So I feel a little bit badly. I'm sorry to our regular users.
1: This is like an insider term. Kind of. I've been using it. I'm so sorry. It's a term that I remember you using probably five years ago, a little longer. And I don't even know where it came from. I'm guessing you did not make it up.
0: No, no, I'm not that smart. So this actually comes from, I believe, on my internship and from the Senate Assembly that year. So I did my internship here in Oregon, 2002, 2003. And during that Senate Assembly year, we had a really gifted speaker come because it was the year that we were voting to become an RIC Senate, a Reconciling in Christ Senate. Okay. Okay. And so we had Eric Law come and be our keynote speaker, and he is someone who does a lot of training and a lot of teaching on how to have conversations and remain in community and partnership with people across all kinds of different divisions, across the division of culture or agreements, all different kinds of things.
1: I hope this person is very busy right now. (laughs)
0: He he has what is called the Kaleidoscope Institute now And it is from Eric Law that we get the practice of mutual invitation Okay This is where if you're in a group setting and a small group setting and you're talking You say your bit and then you invite the next person to talk So you don't just go around the circle Okay You would look to someone anywhere in the circle and you'd say, Don, I invite you to speak next
1: As an introvert, this frightens me
0: I know, but you can pass and you could say, no, thank you, but I invite this person. Okay. But what that does is it keeps you from spending your time planning your response or planning what you are saying rather than listening to the people around you. Okay. Because you never know when it's going to be your turn. And so it invites you to be more present to the act of listening. And it's tricks and tips like that that he taught us. And one of the things that he explained before we got into these small groups and started to try to have these conversations about conversations that people deeply felt passionate about, Mm -hmm. that people really cared about a lot and had big disagreements about with one another. And he said, don't
1: use Bible bullets, Bible bullets serve no one. And what did the room say to that? Did they know what he was talking about? Most
0: of the room kind of went, oh, yeah. Okay. And then went on to explain it. Bible bullets are when you take one phrase, one verse, or even two or three verses out of scripture, and you hurl them at a fellow beloved being in Christ in order to shoot down their argument, in order to stop them in their tracks, in order to prove that you know God better and God's will better than they do, and stop the conversation, and stop the imagination, and stop the conversation dead in its tracks.
1: These are Bible bullets. Okay, so I think we all have an idea of the Bible bullets that we've heard bandied Mm -hmm. about, do you think they most likely come from the Old Testament or the New Testament?
0: I think it really depends upon the situation and who's bandying them about. Yeah. I think the entirety of Scripture is very, very fair game to end up as a Bible bullet. I mean, maybe less so some of Leviticus that is like, and the hoopoe, and the bat. Okay. But like... But there's a fair amount of all kinds of moments throughout scripture that really can be excellent, excellent Bible bullets.
1: When do you think this practice started? Has it been Uh, around since the beginning?
0: I'm sure it has. I mean, how long have humans been arguing about who is right about God's will?
1: Sure. That's fair. (laughs) Do you ever find yourself firing off your own? Of course.
0: I mean, if I can stop it before it gets out of my mouth, that's a good thing. But inevitably, as a human being, as a person of faith, I have my own in my head. I try really, really hard to not use them. I mean, even just saying this, it doesn't build up the kingdom of God. That's its own kind of Bible
1: bullet. (laughs) So what are you supposed to do then when somebody starts hurling them or when you hear them being used?
0: Uh, try to connect to whatever it is that is going on within that person that they feel the need to protect. Because when we
1: start slinging bullets at each other, that's what we're doing half the time. We're scared and we're trying to protect ourselves. I got to be honest, most time I hear them, even if they're directed at me, I don't ever feel like I can respond to them directly because I just straight up don't know the Bible that well. (laughs) Fair. Yeah. Which means I really don't know in that situation because I feel like I can't counter their argument in any case.
0: And I think there are those who, who get it who mostly because they have been so impacted by this kind of battle through their lifetime that they have had to become adept at throwing them themselves.
1: When do you usually find yourself the recipient of Bible bullets? Because I can only imagine, especially when you're out in the world, especially when you are identifiable as a Lutheran pastor, Mm. they come your way.
0: I think they come my way mostly the times that I have experienced Bible bullets being thrown at me when I am either acting on my progressive values, Mm Mm-hmm. Or when I'm being clocked or standing visibly with those who are queer. Sure. So when I have been at Pride, obviously street preachers are rocking those Bible bullets. Obviously the Proud Boys are throwing those Bible bullets. Those kinds of situations are all around us here in the Pacific Northwest and in the Metro Portland area. And I think that as part of the queer community, that's where I have more than average run into them. But I'm trying to think if where else, like as a pastor, I think I would say it's when people are arguing with themselves. Really? They throw them at themselves. There's a lot of self-shaming that people do with Bible bullets. Hmm and those kinds of pieces, but otherwise it's strangers on the internet or (laughs) those kinds of situations.
1: Sure. So when you're in these situations, and even if there's not a specific Bible passage, but you understand that the Bible itself is being used Mm -hmm. as a bullet, what do you typically do to either diffuse the situation or to invite a conversation
0: It depends on the situation. And I think that's one thing that is very important to take into consideration, right? I Mm -hmm. mean, it matters greatly. If there's a situation where you could potentially physically be in danger, it's important that that is considered before you take action. And I think one of the pieces when dealing with like the street preachers or those kinds of individuals with cameras on poles and things like that, They are trying to get a response from someone. They are trying to begin physical altercations because then they can begin litigation and litigation is often how they fund their ministry. Mm, That's fun. Mm -hmm. Or they're trying to dox people. They're trying to get their faces on camera so they can find out where they're located and dox them and give their information out. And so there are real strategies about how to remain safe in those given situations and how to encounter it and to de-escalate in ways that are safe and wise and smart. And that stuff has become ever more important post-2020. And here in Portland, we just know how to pay attention to that kind of information. And so I encourage everyone to Pay attention to your surroundings, to who you're talking to, what the situation is, all of that kind of stuff before you truly engage in those kinds of situations. I would say that if it is someone who trusts me and someone who is engaging with me in good faith, then I may say, wow, that's a really interesting verse that you chose. Why did you choose it? And try to enter into a conversation with with curiosity And with love and benefit of the doubt for the person that they're coming in with good intentions and really lean into what I know of that person in a relationship step and try to figure out what I know of them and how they act versus what they're saying in that moment. But if this is someone who truly has no interest in my personhood or the personhood of a group of other people if this is someone who is really much more interested about being right than being kind, someone who is much more interested in being right than learning or opening a dialogue, I may just say, I hear you using a scripture verse to justify your feelings in this moment. And there are always biblical verses that we can use to justify anything we choose to. I'm not going to use our holy scripture as a weapon. I would like to return to our conversation, please. Or I'll just walk away from the conversation. Oh. It seems like you're getting very emotional about this. Or, you know what? I need a bit of a break from this right now. I'm going to step outside and get a drink. Can I get you something to drink? Any tools, anything at all to break out? and take a break. You don't have to stay in those conversations. You can, if you have the skills, the tools, if it's not personally harming you, you can stay in the conversation. But when people start to use scripture and holy word as a weapon, then that is taking an argument to a particular level that can get to where... There is more concern with winning than there is to maintaining relationship with a
1: fellow child of God. And that's a red flag. Interesting. Do you think the use of Bible bullets in the last five years has gone up or roughly stayed the same?
0: I think it probably has stayed the same. It's just switched in how people use them, what ones get used. I mean, maybe because I refuse to use them as much as possible, I... I just avoid the conversation. And maybe part of it is because similar to you, I don't keep the scripture quotes close enough to be able to hurl them at another person in the same way. Mm -hmm. And part of it is because since my internship, right, I have always had this term in my heart and I've never wanted to learn it well enough to be able to hurl it at another being to cause harm. And I've worked really hard to not arm myself in such a way that I could retort in anger or in passion because I don't want to do that. I just don't want to arm myself in that way because I could see myself doing it Mm -hmm. if I were angry enough. I have a really, really, really long fuse. It takes a whole lot to get me angry. But once I explode... I am really, really vicious, Mm, like cutthroat, cruel, vicious. And so I don't want to give myself that kind of powder to go off. Mm -hmm. And I've worked really hard to not arm myself in that way.
1: So you mentioned this came up in your internship. So nothing really in seminary? prepared you for them, or there's no sort of conflict resolution that talked about them at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been nice. I mean,
0: I took a conflict and congregations class and we talked about managing conflict, but not regarding how to do so when people begin using biblical references in order to cause lasting
1: spiritual damage to one another. What about the casual use of them? It has to have come up somewhere. You're teaching Mm -hmm. a class on something and somebody's like, well, what about this particular passage? Or is it really in a congregational setting so much more rational of a use of a scripture passage?
0: I think it ends up being something that is maybe just part of the water that everyone is swimming in, that they don't realize it and they don't recognize what it is. And so when you come in from outside of it and you recognize that everyone is doing this around you, you just kind of keep bumping into it everywhere and learn how to either avoid it or swim with it. I don't know, but not that I remember. I don't remember being trained in it.
1: Interesting. Okay. This is going to lead me to my last question. And if Mm -hmm. you are in a situation and you end up retaliating against your better (laughs) judgment, (laughs) Mm-hmm. what would you do? What would you say?
0: Well, I think this is where it comes down. Like, you know, we all have these points where we want to be better than we are and we can still throw things. So,
1: cause you know, I gotta I, be, I gotta be honest with you. I kind of want one in my back pocket for that one person who <laughs> is just, pelting you with, you know, line after line. And it's like, but what about this? And it's not, what would Jesus do? Cause it's not actually a scripture, but something. Yeah. I yeah. want something.
0: Yeah. It's when, when my beloved ones have been hit time after time again, and they are wounded and feel worthless and, uh, are desperate my brain is screaming back love your neighbor as yourself. What is the greatest commandment of all but to love your neighbor as yourself? To love your God and love your neighbor. And how are you loving your neighbor right now? Mm-hmm. How is this loving God? And so that's where I in my progressiveness can get just as bible-bullity as anybody because yep, yep, I will go to that one and I will throw it back just as strong.
1: And what is the typical reaction to this when you do throw something like that back? They just come up with another line, don't they?
0: Well, everybody does Mm -hmm. because they is always we. (laughs) Oh, oh,
1: philosophical and There
0: is no such thing as other. There's only us. And so it, it just goes around and around and around in circles, and it's not going to do anything because whenever there's a line that is drawn, Jesus is always on the other side of it. Whether we draw the line or the other side draws the line, and there is no other side, there's only one another. And so it's never going to work when we try to do that to one another. So it only makes me break apart the body of Christ a little bit more. And at the same time, boundaries matter. And giving people permission to harm people, including myself, is not what God is about. So all of this is tricky and hard. And at the end of the day, our scripture, our holy words, our holy story is not meant to be used as a weapon. It is meant to be good news. And so how we use it with one another and alongside of one another matters. Using it to harm someone, to stop an argument, that is not a good and holy use of our scripture. So I don't get to throw love your neighbor, love your God, At people's faces
1: as much as you might want to
0: oh because we're here how much I (laughs) want (laughs) to
1: well thank you pastor Amanda for taking the time to help us learn a little more about Bible bullets I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic
0: as do I and thank you all for listening along if you have been the recipient of many a Bible bullet I pray for you the protection of the Holy Spirit and the healing as well And if you would like any particular prayers, specific ones, feel free to reach out to me at pastor at centralportland.org, and I will be happy to hold you in prayer. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.